Welcome back to DSR Ghostwriting Podcast, continuing with the uh, series about the various technical uh, technical issues one might have as a freelancer, a small business owner. My name is Daniel Rosell. I am a business ghostwriter based in Jerusalem, and I am 50% out of commission at the moment with a cold, as you might hear my voice. So uh, excuse me if the audio is not that clear, but I'll try my best. And uh, of course, coffee. Coffee always helps. Okay, so we talked in the in the previous episodes about some of the typical systems, um, you know, that you might have in place as a freelancer, a small business owner. One of them, of course, being a website, and that's even we, we I talked about the various hosting options out there. Even that is kind of jumping the gun a bit because before you look into hosting, you need to actually own a domain name, and that of course is a important branding consideration. What is your domain going to be? <clears throat> um. Then the next thing, of course, we talked about the KPI dashboards and why even if, you know, it's something you might think of as a big business um, thing that is actually quite advantageous to have that as a freelancer. Uh, we also covered CRMs. We looked at the difference between self-hosted CRMs, SaaS CRMs, CRMs that are really simply integrations with, um, you know, a product like G Suite, um, as well as, you know, the kind of old school old school mail merge approach of using just a spreadsheet file and using something like, uh, could be an add-on to Google Sheets, I know exist, I believe it's called yet another mail merge. Um, and there's tons and tons of uh, add-ons and integrations and way- ways to do this, whether you're using Microsoft Express or wh- whether even you are a crazy person like me using something uh, like LibreOffice for Linux. Um, so that those are kind of some of the basic tools, but of course, one tool that we did not talk about and that's very, uh, rudimentary is email. Now, if you've bought a domain for your business, I personally believe it would, it is very foolish to operate a Gmail address or a Hotmail address. In other words, just to use a regular email service provider. Um, I think having your own personal URL communicates professionalism. Um, and it's just so easy to do that, you know, the point just to set up a Gmail address and say, whether it's, you know, um, Daniel Rosa writer at gmail.com and that goes on your business cards and your LinkedIn and your, if you're in a trade show, to me, it just doesn't look good. I mean, th- people have different opinions about this. A lot of people say it doesn't matter. That's my one, that if you're going to, uh, go to the trouble of buying a domain and setting up a domain, um, brand new email, it's basic. Um, okay. In terms of how to do that, so a lot of people are under the impression that if you set up a, a website that you need to subscribe to G Suite. G Suite is what used to be called Google Apps. Um, it's what it's a Google uh, platform that basically allows you to use Google services with your own domain. In other words, instead of just having a regular Gmail account and you go on to drive.google.com and uh, you use everything through that ecosystem, um, you actually can use gmail and all this on your own company domain so if it's you know to use my domain as an example dsrghostwriting.com is actually a g suite account that means that you can share a google drive you can share a google document with me um i can create i have a youtube channel set up through dsr ghostwriting i I can create brand accounts uh on google through dsr ghostwriting i have google contacts I have, you know, the whole thing. And really there's, uh, as a, as a G Suite administrator, there's a whole world. It's a very, very uh, sophisticated product. If you really get down into the granular um, details of it, very good two-factor authentication support, which is really, really essential if you're concerned about your, your cybersecurity. 
Um, it even it even gets down to the point of uh, remote device management. So if you're a um, um, you know, if you are deploying devices and giving devices to your employees, if you get to that stage as a freelance business, you can have MDM, mobile device management, enforcing certain user policies on the uh, devices that are issued by your company. Um, so G Suite is a very, 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 very good tool to have. Uh, G Suite comes at a couple of basic levels. You're automatically opted in at the moment. I set up G Suite on DSR Ghostwriting actually only about a week ago. I've had G Suite on my main domain danielrosell.co.il for about probably three or four years at this point way back um when it was called google apps g suite is the new google apps and there's still it's still inherited a lot of stuff from google apps you know there's still that the marketplace uh but basically it's the same product stuff has changed over the years a bit the the groups the google admin has changed um it, but it, it's changed only in a good way to be honest it's now you have great apps if you want to administer, you know, get into the admin area, even from your smartphone. You can do pretty much everyone, everything you'd want to do uh, through your phone. So a lot of people, as I said, are kind of under the impression that if you do want to get that email, the first thing to do is go on to G Suite and whether you get the business level or the basic plan, which the basic plan costs about five euro a month, give or take. Um, it does automatically opt you into the business tier, but you can actually downgrade. So if you sign up for business, um, look at the um, primarily the, the storage capacity. And if you think that's going to be enough for you, um, then you can downgrade. I actually went for the basic plan because I have business tier on my main address. And the, the G Suite I set up on DSR Ghostwriting is really just to share a couple of um, a couple of Google you know stuff in my Google Drive. It's not really... It's just a little add-on to my main, uh, to my main G Suite. So, so that's just something to know as well. It's not a big difference between five bucks and ten bucks a month, but uh, just to let you know that the op the option to downgrade still exists. Um, okay, so although that's nice to have, and I certainly advocate having G Suite, I'm not a fan of Office three six five. You know the the Microsoft ecosystem. I'm a um, I'm very between being a Google guy and a do it yourself guy. There is actually if you're if you really really want a engrossing tech project uh go and set up an email server it may sound like hillary clinton in the presidential campaign but it's actually something that can be done it's not practical in the slightest because as you will soon learn uh sending an email from two addresses there's a lot more going on um than meets the eye but it is something you can do but basically to get on whitelist of email servers is not that easy and just don't do it but i tried it out and that's something that you can play around with too so I tend to do either Google stuff like uh, Google Drive or OwnCloud, for example, which is an open sourced file sharing file sharing system. But I'm not really a, much of a Microsoft user in the general run of things. Give me a Google Doc any day over a Word document and track changes. Um, that's just my preference. So you do not actually need G Suite in order to use email. If you have subscribed to a hosting package and you're putting it on some kind of, it might be a shared hosting server. The thing I want to tell you is that there is actually generally built in email. Go into the cPanel. The cPanel is where you control all the various aspects of your web hosting. And you'll see there a few email options. Those are email accounts. I'm just describing the typical cPanel setup. It does vary according to hosting company, but this is very, very typical. Um, there is email accounts, there are forwarders, there are autoresponders, and there's a catch-all, there's spam filtering, um, 
these are kind of the main options you have. In fact, let me go into my own cPanel uh, in order to say exactly what I have. Now, what you want to do here, basically, before you get to any of this stuff, um, you have to know that there's something called DNS records. And this might be a little bit beyond, um, you know, what some of you are comfortable with, but I'm only explaining it because it's really something you don't need to get, um, you know, hire an outside tech consultant. There's a good chance you can do this, do this yourself. If you're setting up um, G Suite, then you're going to need to change. The, one, the ones you're concerned about for email are something called MX records. MX are mail exchange records. You have, I'm looking at it currently, the DNS, DNS zone editor from my main domain here. And uh, you have a bunch of different records, which are really controlling how the website interacts with the internet. You have A records, MX records, C names, TXT records. Uh, we're going to come back to this just towards the end of the podcast because this records do have some relevance for email as well, DNS records. Um, but you can configure, if you create an email address or an email addresses through your cPanel, uh, generally the cPanel has an online webmail function. Now they're kind of old school, okay? So again, it's easier. It's easiest for me to do this while I'm actually in my cPanel. So it's not just theoretical. Um, I'm looking at the email addresses I've set up and it gives you it's kind of dummy proof there's connected devices and it'll actually give you the uh ssl uh sorry the settings for to configure that email if you're using a desktop client you might want to use a secure ssl non-ssl settings and it'll give you the username the password it'll tell you the inbound email server that's your imap server there used to be something called pop3 it's kind of it's not deprecated it's still used but it's old-fashioned and of course your outbound, which is your SMTP server. So all the details are there. You can practically give this to your uh, grandmother and say, here you go, this is your email and password, put this into your Thunderbird or whatever other email client you use and happy days. Um, there's forwarders, which are really something great. So you can forward these emails if you have a bunch of them onto uh, a different account. And that means everything that comes in you don't actually need to have the address set up as a mailbox in order to configure a forward, okay? So you can just have uh, accounts at yourdomain.com and pipe that onto your accountant and it should work actually even without there being a registered mailbox uh, for accounts at yourdomain.com. If this is too tactical, I hope I'm cultivating a somewhat techie audience uh, that's interested in the basics and the people that have found this just too, uh, too hard might be dropping off, but that's that's okay. Um, okay, so that's basically, you can, now these are completely functional um, accounts basically. So you can use this to send mail. Here's another thing you can do. Uh, sorry, let me just, I skipped one thing. There's a catch-all address and that's basically that you can actually set an address on your, uh, in the cPanel here that says if there's any mail that doesn't have a recipient configured, e.g. someone emails daniel at dsrghostwriting.com but there, there's a typo and they leave out the L so it goes to d-a-n-i-e so what's going to happen to that email you can basically configure that in cPanel to say either it'll go to the default address on the account and that's called the catch catch all address I'm going to explain in a bit why catch alls are great you can also set up a catch all address in G Suite and it's highly highly advantageous if you are a person with only one inbox at the company in, sorry if you're a one person team um so that's really what you need to get going with with the email uh, emails through the thing. It's just really to say that there actually is a whole email ecosystem built into your hosting and your cPanel. Again, I don't recommend 
using it unless you know for your main domain name but if you're you know if you're if you've picked up a lead generation domain um you might want to for example say that there the, the lead the lead capture form will send to one address and that forwards on to a pool of people using their actual you know business address now you probably don't want to hire you know set up g suite just just for this one account that, who, that its sole purpose is to capture form completions from this lead generation asset okay it wouldn't be logical you might be running five or six of these and it would just be more than the cost and administrative headache to have to worry about recurring subscriptions for every time you set up a new marketing campaign. This is where this kind of stuff really comes in handy and you can have a bunch of stuff piping on. Now, I mentioned catch-all addresses for, for a reason here in forwards. Here, here's a cool tip that I've picked up over the years and that I've deployed being, being that I have been been deploying for quite a quite a while at this point. So I may have mentioned a bit of a domain buying fiend and uh, I have a couple of main domains that I, you know, my personal domain, Daniel Rosa, which is for everything, flight tickets, hotel reservations, my day-to-day -day email correspondence with people and whatever. That's my actual address. And then DSR ghostwriting for business. I also have a bunch of other domains uh, that bring the headcount up to, uh, I believe today I have uh, hit 18. I, I say that with a hint of shame because... Uh, once once you pop with domains, you can't stop. And uh, I've been at this for years. I have a few friends that share my uh, kind of addiction for domain buying. But I have accounts set up on these domains. And basically what, what I do is as follows. So I have my G Suite account. And you can add in G Suite the ability to send um, as through a different domain or through even through a different Gmail or even through a different G Suite. The process is, is as follows. You go into settings, you click on accounts and you say, add a new sending address. Um, now, what I would do in this typical situation, if I buy a domain called, let's say I, I pick up a domain called uh, your, I don't know, speechesforyou.com. Okay, I'm giving a totally random address. And it's just like an address saying, contact, contact me for your speeches. If I wanted to send email through that and have everything through the same inbox, which is this what I'm describing as the beauty of the system here, is being able to send through all your different addresses out of the one inbox, I would create an address at that domain name, make that the catch-all address, forward that to my main address, which is on G Suite, go into G Suite, add this as a sending address. Um, because it's received, so G Suite will send out a confirmation code to validate that you own that um, address basically. That'll pipe back in to your G Suite that will validate that address and hey presto, you're able to send and receive email through that other domain address directly from your G Suite. And you can repeat this process. Uh, it's ugly if I go into compose a mail in my G Suite, something I have like, you know, an absurd amount of... Uh, options under the drop down different emails i would say i would say there could be 20 i get a bit lazy and sometimes don't delete old emails but really it's a great system if you do have a number of domains you can literally patch everything in to work through gmail um i just need to get in my inbox because it's it's a distracting it's a distracting nightmare in there um those are really the main things i wanted to say about you know the, the fact that just to recap if you buy recap number one, don't use a Gmail. Okay. If if you've bought a domain, I recommend making use of that domain. Two, G Suite is what I recommend for hosting. Taking advantage of you can basically in 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 a nutshell take advantage of Google without, um, 
with your with your branded domain name. Three, you get a basic email a webmail tool um, with your hosting. I don't think I mentioned the the actual name of the interface. So basically, you log into your cPanel, go into one of these accounts you've set up. This is if you're if you're not using it over uh, through a desktop client, for example, or through the Gmail trick I described. Uh, let me go in in here, check email, and there's a few kind of as I said, pretty old school clients. One is called Horde, another is called Rencube, and those are just basic. It's like basic webmail. It, it it does feel like stepping back in time. Um. Okay then. So that's basically the world of the email coming coming with your coming with your cPanel. Uh, the final thing I would say is that you want to be doing some email marketing probably, okay? So that's sending out, your, you, you have a subscriber form on your website, you're collecting, you're collecting, um, uh, you know, subscribers and you're sending them periodic campaigns. MailChimp is obviously the number one recommendation for this. It's a really, really great tool and I would highly recommend that you use it. Um, you can also patch up your email once you have the uh, configuration credentials, you know, the SMTP settings, the IMAP settings. You can patch that into uh, your CRM system if you're using HubSpot. Another, you can also create um, another thing I recommend having if you're getting into the bulk end of the email marketing is a dedicated uh, email marketing SMTP service. So I use G Suite for my day-to-day -day use, but I also have an account with SendGrid. Now SendGrid is one of the uh, big SMTP, you know, try services it's geared towards if you think about for example um a company like google that might be sending out tons and tons of emails transaction emails i.e thank you for your purchase here's your invoice here's, here's your receipt um there are sending limits applied to most of these most of the common uh web mail providers i.e gmail hotmail um the limits are not ones that you're likely to have a problem with but they do exist. And if you're doing big, uh, you know, campaigns, it, it might become an issue. So the G, the G Suite sending limits, I'm currently looking at them here, 2000 messages per day. Um, there's, there's also often rate limits, you know, you can send a certain number of emails per hour, uh, total recipients per day. Okay, you're probably, there's a small chance you're gonna like need something more than this, but if there is, your best route is to go for the email SMTP dedicated SMTP marketing SMTP providers. Uh, it's cool to set one up. It means that basically SendGrid will validate your email address, okay? And once it's validated your email address, it'll send through that address. Now, don't ask me the nitty gritty of how it works because all the MX, it's not even split MX routing. It's literally everything. It's kind of spoofing your address. Um, in other words, I don't have to touch the MX records. They're still pointing to the, to the Google MX servers. Um, but it's effectively able to send campaigns. So it's like having a second SMTP server. So that's just another thing to, to consider. You can add a, a third, another third party, uh, service just for sending out those emails. Um, okay. Now MailChimp is terrific as i mentioned and that's a great thing to have you can use it through your uh it'll kind of work in the same way as sengrid as, as i described one thing i would say for both of these uh services is that it's important to consider deliverability now if you're sending out email there's really no point in sending email if it's going to wind up in somebody's spam folder um you can research extensively how to avoid being blacklisted as a spammer 
it's important apart from the whole spamming uh, thing to consider the legal considerations where you live two ones that are relevant um you know the internet spam act and gdpr more of more recent vintage uh gdpr being the general data protection regulation introduced in the european uh, union is going to say has it been a year since gdpr i think it's been a year since gdpr introduction um so you know you may have certain requirements that you have to meet for those and that'll be built into mailchimp you might it might say you need to, you need to capture gdpr fields important if you're if the recipient of your list are based in the european union somewhere um but the key factor besides the the basic compliance is deliverability now there's a few things to be said about this. Number one, you should really have people opt into your email list, i.e. you have a newsletter on your website. Try not to get into the habit of opting in people. You know, you might have been at a trade show and you say, hey, do my, can I add you to my, my newsletter? And they say, I would love to. You go into MailChimp, you add them, to, you, you know, you click on the add, add to subscriber, you click on the checkbox saying um, the some subscriber consented to allowing me to receive my email. It just looks if, you know, uh, MailChimp has an anti-spam engine called Omnivore and it's not exactly, it's an algorithm, not exactly clear what it's looking for. It's propri proprietary, but certainly if you see, a, if it sees a bunch of uh, audiences, in, I'm using I'm using the MailChimp language here. If it sees a bunch of audiences which have 100% admin ads, it's a bit suspicious um, because it, it's listed where the contact on that list actually actually came from. So... It's better to have a um, collector on your website that actually genuinely collects <clears throat> people that sign up for your newsletter. They opt in, um, and then maybe occasionally you'll add a few here and there that you met at a coffee shop. They want your, they say, please send me on your list, etc. Okay, that's number one. Two, you can check. Don't buy email lists, email marketing lists. That's not a smart idea at all. Never do it. Is my recommendation. Surefire way to to run into spam and deliverability issues with your domain. Secondly, you can you can look at these services that'll clean up your email list. So if you're really not sure you got it from like a former colleague, um, Mailchimp will automatically flag bounced addresses. Like it'll intelligently identify those. Um, third thing is really try for better deliverability. Do not send your email campaigns to many subscribers. If you go for the premium options on Mailchimp, it's well worth it. You can segment the app. Stagger, sorry, is what I'm looking for. Stagger the sending. Um, the other thing, when we talked about DNS records earlier, and I said that those would be important. So two things, uh, SPF and DKIM. Basically, you can add, whenever you're signing up for something like SendGrid or something that's sending a mail on your behalf, as I said, it's from a technical standpoint, it's not sending through the your actual mail servers. Um, it's sending through as you, but not really as you, if that makes any sense. So it's important to follow meticulously all the verification and authentication steps set out by that provider. So just for SendGrid as an example, you're prompted to set up a couple of DNS records. Um, and that's done. I'm using uh, Cloudflare for my entire domain network. You might be just using your cPanel. Um, whatever it is, you can add DNS records in both places. And it's typically, there. I, I may be wrong, I may be in, Incorrectly recommending, I believe DKIM, DKIM and SPF are two TXT, TXT records, okay? So don't ignore it. Sometimes it's buried in the additional settings, verification. You might think that's not that's a nice to have, not really essential. 
if you're a Gmail user, and I presume a bunch of people listening to this are, do you ever see, you'll get an email that'll say like from Daniel via serverbox.com or something like that, okay? That it'll effectively get rid of that. So it always looks a bit suspicious. You're kind of thinking, is this a real thing? Um, it's just better not to have that really. So if you add those records, you can get rid of that automatically flagging. It goes beyond that. All your services have different ways of highlighting to the recipient that this may be a spoofed message, i.e. it may not really have come from the sender. Okay, I'm looking at my recording time coming up in 25 minutes. I think I've given up, given given over uh, a decent overview of everything email related, certainly approaching just about how much I know about it. I'm not an email expert, but I do use email marketing fairly extensively. Um, and just, you know, follow those essential tips, basically. So just to, just to go back over one last time, G Suite's great. I avoid not rec- I recommend not using Gmail. You do get a basic email service just with your hosting provider. So check that out. It may be okay for your basic needs. Uh, catch-all addresses are very cool. It allows you to, um, essentially, let me just actually add to this point just one tiny bit more. So I have one address for DSR ghostwriting, which is Daniel. But because that's a catch-all address, I can send, let me just, let me just explain this point because it's, if I sign up for a service like LinkedIn, okay, I can give my address as LinkedIn at dsrghostwriting.com. It'll write back to me because my the address I have is a catch-all address. However, uh, it allows me to set up an infinite number of addresses. Why is that good? Because I can configure filters in Gmail when you're using labels. If you use labels in Gmail, you probably know about filters as well. Filters are just like inbox rules in you know, the Microsoft uh, world, basically, if you're familiar with that, they let you automatically filter mail, put it into the right folder, mark it as red, mark it as stars, pass it on, forward it to a colleague. Um, there's actually an awful lot you can do by using filters, and that's kind of a whole other thing. I'm kind of a, uh, I want to say inbox king, to, to give myself such an immodest term, but... Uh, I go to great lengths to keep my inbox as clean as possible. Um, and this is one of the ways I do it. I have a ton of a very, very organized list of labels, sub labels, sub sub labels, and a ton of filtering rules that really is piping everything continuously into the right folder. Um, so the point about the catch-all address is this. So if I set up that as LinkedIn, it's very easy. I can just send up a simple filter from, you know, if the recipient is too LinkedIn at, at dsrghostwriting.com, put, put an asterisk symbol in the from, that's a wildcard entry. And that means that it doesn't matter who the sender is, anybody, and that'll work, and then create a folder called LinkedIn messages and that'll pipe everything in. So that's another cool thing. Uh, catch all addresses, um, email marketing, MailChimp is great. It's worth, worth looking into a third-party SMTP server if you're graduating into that kind of territory and you need something beyond the hourly or daily limits of your main webmail provider. Um, and finally that it's important to pay attention to the verification and authentication processes and any additional email service you're using beyond, um, whoever your address is configured with, whether that's office 365 or G suite, because it does make a big impact on deliverability. There are other things that make an impact on deliverability. And if you're investing in email marketing, deliverability is something that should be a top priority for you. That's my 28-minute spiel on everything email-related. I hope this was of some value if you're a freelancer or a small business owner and you have enough basic tech knowledge to, uh, you know, to have been able to follow along and to set these things up for yourself. That's terrific. 
And best of luck. Any questions, gsrghostwriting.com. There's a contact form there and you can get in touch. I'd love to hear any feedback or suggestions for future episodes. Until next time, it's been me, business ghostwriter Daniel Rosa. Have a great day.